Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. All right, let's read a scripture. Let's read a scripture. Genesis chapter 25. I just want to read uh, Genesis chapter 25, just, just two verses of Scripture. Um, and Abraham gave unto Isaac all, all that he had. But unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had, Abraham gave them gifts and sent them away from Isaac, his son while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. Abraham gave unto Isaac all that he had. I'm just going to speak about faith and blessing today. That's what I want to talk to you about. Faith and blessing. All right, so just find two or three people, tell them have faith and be blessed. Come on. Amen. You may be seated, everybody, 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 everybody. Everybody, I'm, I'm going to try to get through a little bit of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's life because I find this to be fascinating, and I'm, um, I'm always fascinated with Abraham. Fascinated with Abraham for, for many reasons because um, if, you, if you do your genealogy in Scripture, you'll find out that Abraham is 10 generations from Noah, but more importantly, he was alive when the Tower of Babel was destroyed. He was a grown man. As, as the Tower of Babel was destroyed and Ab Abraham was living in Mesopotamia, which is the earliest civilization known to man. The reason I say that this is because Abraham without an example, Abraham without a Bible, Abraham without a life group, Abraham with no air conditioning, Abraham without Google search, got up because the Lord had told him, I'm going to bless you. And not only am I going to bless you, I'm going to bless your seed. I'm going to bless your children. I'm going to bless your children's children. I'm going to give you so many children's children's children till you can't count them. Like the sand of the sea. Like the stars of the, he said, as a matter of fact, in you, I'll make you a father of nations. And without anybody to show him how to do it, the Bible said, Abraham got up and started walking. I came to talk to the men, the resilient men today, and tell you half of faith is just keep walking. When you don't know what else to do, keep walking. When you don't know where you're going, keep walking. Because the interesting thing about faith is faith is an inward knowing. Uh, I don't know how Abraham knew, but we are clear on the fact that Abraham knew that God told him, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a place. I'm going to give you a seed. We know that Abraham knew that. Faith is a knowing. Faith is hard to explain to people that don't have it. I'm going to try that over here. Faith is hard to explain to people that don't have it. 
Because truth is objective, but faith is subjective. That means faith is real to the person that possesses it. And my faith doesn't have to make sense to you. My faith doesn't have to fit into your box. My faith doesn't have to fit in a graph or a chart because when I know it, I know it. And when I know it, you can't talk me out of it because you didn't talk me into it. Faith is a real thing. Now I need somebody to clap your hands one time. I'm just gonna preach for a little bit, then I'm gonna go sit down. But I want you to say faith is a real thing. Faith, faith is real to the person that possesses it. Faith will cause you to say stuff that don't make sense to nobody else. Faith will cause you to be walking around coughing and sneezing, talking about I am healed. Faith will cause you when your body don't feel good to say, let the weak say, I am strong. Faith will tell you when your kids are acting up and running all throughout the city streets, tell you that my kids are blessed and highly favored of the Lord and the devil's gonna loose them and let them go. Faith will cause you to look at your bank account and see a bunch of zeros and say, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Has anybody ever been down on the bottom but yet seen God make a way where there seemed to be no way? Faith is real. Faith is real. I told myself, I'm just going to be calm. I'm just going to be calm for a minute. I'm going to calm down just for a minute. But I just want you to know that faith is a real thing. And Abraham, it, it, it produces a knowing. It produces a knowing. And Abraham had a knowing. He had a knowing. And he just got up. With nobody telling him where to go and what to do. He just got up. Faith. What people don't talk about, the, the other side of faith is the not knowing. Because the Bible said Abraham left not knowing where he was going. I want to talk to, to some of our men today that feel a little uncertain in life because there's a lot of questions and you got a lot of not, not knowings. I don't know if you're a new father. Maybe you're a new father. This might be your first Father's Day or one of your first few Father's Days. But I got to tell you something. When, when Kathy, and I, Kathy and I will be married 37 years in November, and when we came up, yeah, yeah. Y'all clap for me. It's been a journey. And, uh, <laughs> and when uh, Meredith is our firstborn, and when we came home from the hospital with Meredith, you talk about not knowing and sometimes when you're a new father, it's so much you don't know. So much you don't know. I just want to talk about this for a minute because there, I want you to be okay with not knowing. I want you to be okay in life with not knowing because we live in a culture that especially men, ladies, we're not excluding you today. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for some lady. And... and uh, but there's a, there's a thing in our culture by which we as men feel like we have to have answers. And people always want us to have a plan. What's your plan? What's your game plan? What's your business plan? And I understand the power of planning, but if last year taught us anything, was that your plan don't really mean nothing. Did anybody else have any plans last year that got flipped, turned upside down? And you think about people had graduation plans. People had wedding plans. People had business plans. People had church 
plans. And all the plans got mixed up. But guess what I found out? My faith didn't get mixed up because my faith puts an inward knowing that is not externally visible and my faith still works when I'm walking not knowing where I'm going. Would you just help me preach to somebody this morning and tell them, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm on my way. <laughs> on my way. I like this about Abraham. Abraham left not knowing where he was going, but he was looking. I'm coming, I'm coming. He was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Thank you for the help. Looking for a city whose builder, and that's the reason I point out to you that he came out of Mesopotamia because it is the oldest civilization known to mankind. He went from one civilization, walked out of it, looking for one whose builder, that's why I pointed out to you Babel, because Babel was man-made. He said, I'm looking for something that God makes. There's something in my future, and I don't know what it is, but I know that I'll know it when I see it. When my feet get there, when my eyes see it, I'm looking for something. I want to say to the resilient men, you get through the things of life when you're knowing that God has something in your future, and you may not know exactly what it looks like, but I bet you I know it when I see it. And my inside faith tells me, keep on walking. Keep on walking. If that ain't it, I'm okay. If that ain't it, I'm okay. I won't even get mad if you shut a door in my face I won't get mad if you walk away from me I won't get mad if you can't get with me because what God has for me is for me and nobody can take it from you I wish one time you'd put your hands together if you know God has something for you he said he, and he just walked he just walked anyway I, I like that about it. every if you track with Abraham then he's always building building an altar, digging a well, and he's living by faith. And faith then produces the blessing. God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Watch this. Faith is not visible. My faith is in here. The faith is not visible. The blessing is discernible. Because the Bible says that God blessed him. The faith gives him the capacity to be blessed but we know that the blessing is discernible and visible because God told it told Abraham if, if people bless you I'm gonna bless them well you can't bless somebody that God has blessed unless you're able to see the blessing and so Abraham has all kinds of blessing you know what the blessing did in the life of Abraham the blessing became whatever Abraham needed it to be at the time I'm a, before we get up out of here, I want to pray this blessing over every man under the sound of my voice for you to know that the blessing of God is whatever you need it to be whenever you need it to be that. Yeah, it is the blessing. Because, I mean, you got to trap with it. You got to trap with Abraham. He's not a military person. And he takes Lot with him. And Lot's his own thing. And Lot forgets that he's blessed because he's under Abraham. And so now all of a sudden Lot is talking about, I'm going to do my own thing. And Abraham is so blessed, he said, go ahead. He, he said, I won't even be in strife with you. 
Matter of fact, you pick which way you want to go. And I'll just go the other way. And it reveals who Lot is because Lot decides, he looks out and he sees the well-watered plains, the green grass. He sees all the good stuff. And he says, I'll take that. And he's going to leave Abraham with the dirt and the desert. But guess what? It's better to be in the dirt and the desert and be blessed. Huh? Because Abraham said, every place I go, I'm blessed. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm the head, not the tail. Above only, not beneath. I'll be blessed when you love me. Blessed when you hate me. Blessed when you're talking about me. I can't see you. I'm going to be blessed all the time anyway. I'm blessed when the Dow Jones is up. I'm blessed when the Dow Jones is down. I'm blessed when people are doing crazy stuff. I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. And it's, so he said, I'm, I'm blessed. So, so Lot, Lot goes over here and the place, guess what? Lot chooses a place that becomes known as Sodom and Gomorrah. He should have phoned a friend. Abraham goes out and starts digging wells and finds water in the desert. Lot gets taken captive. This is how blessed Abraham is, and this is how the blessing becomes whatever you need, whenever you need it to be that. Abraham turns into a well digger in the desert. And then he finds out Lot has been taken captive. So this is why I admire Abraham, because he's, he's better than me. Because Abraham said, we're going to go get Lot back. I'm just saying he's better than me. Because I just said, told him. That's what you get. That's what you get. Sometimes you, I would have came up with a t-shirt. Sometimes you have to give up a lot. <laughs> I would just, I just, see you wouldn't want to be you, all that stuff. You know, I would just, I would have, I would have wrote a song. Something, I would have came up with something. But Abraham says, we're going to go get, but Abraham is not a military guy. He doesn't have, he has shepherds. And he goes and takes those shepherds because his faith is working on the inside. And his faith is working so strong on the inside. He's, he said, God's blessing me. And the blessing becomes whatever I need it to be. And he walked in there and rescued lots because the blessing becomes whatever he needs it to be. I, I, I don't want to wear you out with the, all, all of that. I'm just trying to tell you, it's, it's an amazing thing. And God told him, Abraham's 75 years old, and God told him, he said, um, I'm going I'm to give you a child. And the child doesn't show up till he's 100. Okay, I, I got a, there's a lot in there. So, the, the, one of the things, men, that I think that we have to learn from Abraham is that just before, just before the time that Isaac is going to be born, Abraham and Sarah have this conversation. The promise hasn't come to pass. We were singing a little bit about waiting on the Lord. Pastor Phil did a great job the other day about talking to us about where we wait and how we wait and who we wait with and all of those things. And... Um, they got, a, you know, a little impatient. And then so Hagar, which was, which was Sarah's handmaiden, 
Sarah says to Abram, Abraham, um, look, this ain't gonna happen with us. You 99 years old. I'm right there with you. Why don't you have a child with Hagar? And uh, Abraham said, where's she at? (laughs) And so anyway, so she ends up, they end up with Ishmael, right? And then God says to him, "That's, that's not what I promised you. Hang on, hang on. I'm getting ready to drop this on you. I'm getting ready to drop it on you. You have to learn that your seed does not belong to everybody. And that seed can be money, physical. It can be time. Whatever you have that's in you doesn't belong to everybody. Because if you sow your seed into the wrong ground, you're going to have to raise that mistake. You're going to have to live with that mistake. And so now God says unto Abraham, he says he's 100 years old when Isaac shows up. He gets props from me because, you know, I'm, I'm past having little kids. I said, I'm past having little kids. You hear me, Meredith? I'm past having, I'm past having little kids. And our, our grandchildren are the greatest joy. Betty, you know what I'm talking about. They're, our grandchildren are the greatest joy when they're sleeping. When they're asleep, they, um, they, I mean, you just want to go take pictures of them when they're asleep. When they get up, they, they are the joy of our life. But I'm not in the same season I was in. Talk to me, grandparents. How many grandparents? Every, every grandparent, jump up on your feet real quick. I just want to see where you're at. Oh, we need, to, we need to start a support group. Grandparents united. Resilient grandparents. And uh, they hit the ground running. They hit the ground running. It's three of them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And them little three bad boys jump up and I mean 5:30 in the morning. And we, we had this little we had this little trampoline, like you know, the exercise trampoline. We use it to store clothes on it. And but it's a little circular trampoline in our bedroom. And um Wizard will wake up like at 5.30. 5.30. I'm like, I know you didn't wake up. And we were, we were keeping him for, you know, for a few days. And, um, and Kathy goes, he'll go back to sleep. <laughs> no. 5.30. He, he ready to go. Next thing I know, Theo, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this is... This is before the birds are out in the yard. There ain't no birds out in the yard or nothing like that. And Theo is just bouncing on that thing. Hey, Papa, you want to come up here and do this with me? I'm like, I'm not doing that with you at noon. I for sure ain't going to be doing it with you at 545. I'm not in that season. I'm in that season. And so I give it to Abraham. Abraham. 
100 years old. And you got a baby. You got a baby. 100 years old. Woo. I don't know. So, Abraham has Isaac. And Isaac, you know, is, is famous for the story when this, this is how faith works. Has your faith ever put you in a place where you're like, this don't really make any kind of sense? And God tells Abraham, um, I want you to take, this is when Isaac is grown. I want you to take Isaac up to this altar, put him on an altar, you know, sacrifice him unto me. I don't want to complicate it with you, but that's, that's what he told him. Abraham, you got to love him. Abraham said, um, I'll take Ishmael. This is what you have to learn as a man. Faith sometimes causes you to have to realize that you got mistakes and miracles in the same house. So he's, he's got his mistake and his miracle in the same house. And God says, God says um, I want you to bring, bring your son up here. And he said, he said well, we'll just, I'll bring Ishmael up there. I'd like to put my mistake on the altar. You understand I'm not just talking about people, right? Yeah. Put my mistake on the altar. And God said, no, bring the one that you love. Bring Isaac. See, this is how faith will mess, mess your mind up. This is how faith will mess your mind up because if I'm Abraham, I'm saying to God, you've been promising me this job for 25 years. Done been through the whole Ishmael thing. I'm 100 years old when I have him. I'm like 125 now. And now you want him. But you promised me that I was going to be the father of nations. But Abraham is such a guy that he has his known and his unknown. And he walks Isaac up there. But now you've got to give some props to Isaac because Isaac is a resilient man. Isaac is a resilient man because his dad is about 125, 130 years old. He ain't got to do nothing because Isaac is in his prime. Like, how about you lay on that altar? Right? I mean, he could have he he wrestled him down. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And the, and the Bible said they walked up on there. And Isaac said to his, to his father, I see the wood and I see the rope. I see everything, but, but we don't have a sacrifice. Woo, listen to faith talk. Listen to faith talk. Listen to faith that comes from the inside. Abraham had a knowing. God himself will provide a sacrifice. That comes from having walked far enough to know that before, the, I don't have to make any sense to me, but before this is over, before it's over, God's going to make himself strong. Isaac lays down there, and there was a ram making noise caught in the thickets. Just in my own imagination, I believe Isaac heard it first. You know, just laying there going, well, hang on. <laughs> you hear that ram over there? Here's, here's, here's what I, I, I want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell you. That when they came down from that mountain, he was no longer the God of Abraham. 
he was the God of Abraham and Isaac. Because Abraham taught Isaac that to serve this God, you got to be able to put something on the altar and you got to get into the life of faith. I want to tell you, if you're going to be a resilient man, you just got to get into the life of faith. Keep on walking and put stuff on the altar. Do what you have to do, but don't give up. Yeah. So the reason I, the, the, the reason I say this to you is, is a, a scripture, if you guys have, from Genesis chapter 26, because, because this is what it says. And there was a famine in the land. Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went unto Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. Let's go to the, the next verses I gave you there. And then Isaac sowed in that land and received that same year a hundredfold. Watch this. Say it. And the, and the Lord blessed him. One more verse. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. And that's what we want for all of the men of this house, to wax great to go forward and to grow until you become very great. How many believe me, will believe with me for that, for all of the men of this house? Now, the reason I read my first scripture is because I want you to see the impact of how faith works. Abraham gave to Isaac all that he had. If you understand that he gave gifts to the children of the concubines and sent them away from Isaac, he said, I want all of my mistakes to be out of the picture so that Isaac can do more than I did. And so he gave him all that he had. What that means is not so much just natural possessions, but he did get some natural possessions, but also all the, all the other ones got gifts. The, the understanding of the Scripture means that Abraham gave unto Isaac the thing that made Abraham, Abraham. <laughs> he imparted into Isaac the thing, the faith and the blessing so that no matter what, because here's what's gonna happen. Every generation, every person, Every young person, every senior person, every season of life, everybody has to deal with their own famine. Abraham had a famine, but he showed Isaac how to get through it. And he gave Isaac the thing that got him through it. And so now Isaac comes into his famine. I, I, I do see, when, when considering this scripture, um, I do see, I think, why Isaac wait, had to wait until Abraham was no longer present. Because sometimes it can be tough when you want somebody to do well and you got to sit there and watch them sit in their pain. And I am so over the top. Kathy and I both are. We're so over the top, proud. Like, you, you bring up Phil Meredith's name and watch me just start smiling. And so over the top proud of how they have stepped into this role and with the, the integrity in which they lead. Yeah. 
And we just, we're just so, you don't even know how proud. I'll, I'll be sitting there on the front row, and they'll be preaching, and I'll be texting preachers all over the country. You, 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 these people preach better than you. You need, to, you need to hear my daughter preach this message so you can learn something. And then I say, you, <laughs> I am so proud of I'm having a little bit of fun with that part of it. But, but I'm so proud of because here, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. When, I mean, it was like they stepped like this. And it was just like everything was happening. Every time I see that picture, I was talking with Pastor Banks this morning, uh, he and Pastor Tony up here, but I was thinking of the, the story that I used to tell that me and Pastor Banks and someone had went out on a boat one time, and we were on the dock, you know, and, um, and just as Pastor Banks went to do like this, the boat moved away. <laughs> and uh, Pastor Banks ended up with his hands on it, and then it, the boat kept going. And so you know that point of diminishing returns, like your center of gravity has shifted. He's all stretched out. And I thought I said, you might just let go and you know, let God. But I was thinking about it. That, that's that was almost like the picture because it was like Bill and Meredith were stepping into to you know a weighty role, something that they take very seriously and something that they put a lot of prayer and time and energy into. And just as they were stepping, it's like pandemic. How would you like that to be like your, your first rodeo? Like you're jumping in to lead the church and it's like, shut down. And all of, all of the upheavals in, 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 our, in our nation, all of the upheavals in, in, in the way that it causes people to manifest, and you know, all kinds, all at the same time. All at the same time. And, but I'm not Abraham. In the sense that I'm still alive. I'm watching this. And there's a part of me. I never told these guys that my, when me and God start talking. I'm like, don't, don't put too much on them now that they can't bear all that. You know, because I know. I was 18 years old when I wrote out the book. A little booklet that I had called The Plan. The Plan. That's what it's called. The Plan. When I was 18. This is the church I'm going to build. It's called the plan. Okay, when you're 18, you don't really know nothing. I mean, we love you. If you're here and you're 18, we love you. But your brain is still developing. And, but I wrote out the plan. If God had told me Thank you. Can I get a yep someplace else? If God had told me everything that we was going to have to do to get from there to here, I'd have said, no, I'm good. I'm good. But have you ever noticed how many times in Scripture and in your own life God gives you the promise but leaves out the process? He just tells Abraham, I'm going to give you a land. I'll give it to your seed. I'm going to bless you coming in, going out. He ain't said nothing about all this other stuff. But Abraham gave unto Isaac all that he had. And Abraham made it through their famine. The best thing fathers can do is to impart into your family what makes you you. What makes you press on. 
What made you get up and do it when you didn't feel like getting up and doing it? What made you believe God when you, did, when you didn't feel like it? My confidence was and has been and still continues to be in the joy of watching the fact that Phil's godly parents and Meredith's incredibly godly parents <laughs> sowed, sowed into them something that caused them in the face of adversity to put their feet down and in the middle of it stand up and say God is going to do what he said he's going to do and the blessing is still moving into somebody say faith and blessing come on say faith and blessing I'm closer to being done than you know I was saying to them the, the other week, the, uh, I don't remember what particular Sunday it was, and, and the, the, the children were up here dancing, and, you know, all the kids were on the platform, and um, Mother's Day, thank you. And I, and I told them, I told them, I said, when I was sitting there watching that, I got a little emotional over it, and, um, and I said to them, you will live to see those kids grow up and be leaders in this house. It's an amazing thing to sow your life into a community, to sow your life into people, to sow your life. And, and Isaac got into that famine and he survived it and sowed somewhere his dad taught him how to sow. All right, last one now, okay? This is, this is the last verse and then I'm gonna be done in like, you know, later. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. This is Jacob now, and Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of, of Jacob's thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And he said unto him, what is your name, child? <laughs> and he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel, because you have prevailed. Prevailed. I see Abraham giving everything that he had to Isaac. And Jacob is a different kind of a guy, which would be a whole other message by itself. But he always had his eye on the blessing. The blessing is different than the stuff. I want to say that again. The blessing is different than the stuff. Because his first little tricky game was with his brother Esau. And what he, talked, what he tricked Esau out of was the birthright. The birthright was the stuff. Double portion. But he knew that that was different from the blessing because then he comes back and gets the blessing. This is... Faith and blessing. This is my last point. This is my last point. I'm going to sit down so it seems like I'm going to quit. I'm going to sit down right here. Because, because here's the thing that I wanted to end on. That we have men that are afraid to let somebody know you're wrestling. You're wrestling. And sometimes to get to the blessing, you had to wrestle. You had to wrestle. And it's, and, and it's one thing, it's one thing to wrestle with life. It's one thing to wrestle with, with things and situations. It's really hard to pin yourself down. 
when you had to wrestle yourself. Or, I don't know. I was thinking about <laughs> Jacob, everybody knowing he comes from Abraham. Isaac. I mean, how good is that? And then, here's Jacob. He don't seem like Isaac. He ain't getting on that altar for nobody. I mean, Jacob, Jacob is, is wrestling with an angel. I mean, you got, you got some attitude, dude. If you, I mean, because all the time in the Bible, when an angel shows up, they always have to say, be not afraid. Jacob's the only one that says, I'll fight you here. And um, so Jacob is wrestling with this angel, and the angel could not prevail. Wrestled all night long until a new day was coming. The, 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 the story about, about touching him and he walked for the rest of his life with a limp tells us that it's hard to go into a new day unless your walk changes. And he said, a new day is coming and I'm going to change your walk so that when people see you, they know that you've had an encounter with me. This is my, this is my thinking on faith and blessing. Faith is internal and invisible. Blessing can be external and visible, all of those things. But it sometimes looks different because everybody has their own famine. Everybody has their own altars. Everybody has to dig their own well. And everybody has to have their own wrestle. And I'm going to pray for all the men in this, in this place today, if you'll let me, and believe that faith and blessing are moving into your life. And don't be afraid to fight for it, to wrestle all night long. Because the fact that you're still wrestling means you ain't gave up yet. As long as you're wrestling, you ain't gave up. As long as you're fighting, you're still in it. All the men in this house, would you please stand just for a moment? And um, if, you know what I would like to do um, is when I get done with this, I, I would like for us to sing the blessing over all the families of this church. The blessing about the Lord making his face to shine upon you, bless you, give you peace, because your blessing is whatever it needs to be. It's whatever it needs to be. When, when you have young children, you have the grace for it. That's why I was, you know, having a little bit of fun with you, telling you I'm not in that season of my life. You know, I had the grace to watch him. I have the grace to watch Kathy watch him. <laughs> I have the grace to keep him for a few days, but I, I wouldn't have the same, the same energy level. Not every day. And sometimes you can be in that. You know, sometimes I've, I've been amazed at the people that have the grace to, to help to raise children and other people that they never, they're not your biological family. And something happened in the family. Yeah, come on, let's clap for it. Absolutely. It could be a family member. It can be somebody in the neighborhood. And my dad is a true teacher. I mean, you know, you could, you could think you're playing a board game and he, you had to play by the rules and, you know, he got to teach you how to do it. And we had, we had, we would play basketball outside of our house. And, 
And my dad would see a bunch of kids out there playing basketball, and he'd come out, st stop the game, show everybody how to pass properly. You know, you got a bunch of guys out there playing basketball, you're like, oh, my goodness. And they would, they would still come back when they were in college just to, to see him. And he provided a, a, a role for some of them. But when, you, but when you get older, you have a different grace because sometimes I don't know, I don't know who my, my mom and dad are sitting over there. I don't know who, who they are because, because when I was growing up, if I lost a, 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 like a, a, a nickel on the way to school, you know, that was like that was your milk money. You, get, you had like a nickel. If I lost that, I was in trouble. And they, they'd be seeing grandkids and, and great-grandkids. They'd be like, y'all want a dollar? I'm like, who are you people? Who are you people? I used to get a whooping over a nickel. We want to pray for you, and, and I'm just amazed. I used to watch Pastor Banks go and work with the Read for Literacy and, and read to young boys that didn't have a father in their house. And um, and I watched Phil coach uh, a soccer team where the players were... <laughs> How old? Four, five, and six. Woo! And so Kathy and I would go to support. <laughs> and I'm like, they just running in circles. They just running. The ball is over here. They just running. They just running. They just running. But sometimes, men, it's just about being present.